origins. And as I was preparing for this message, and uh, all of a sudden my head, lobster popped in. I don't know, but you know what it was? I guess a couple of days ago, the first uh, day of fall, and around this time, my father, when he was alive, he would drive up to Bluebell uh, from North Carolina. He'll bring a, a bag of like half dozen lobsters uh, for feast, and it's like a big treat for our family. And I, because of that, I never really bought uh, lobsters more, more, more kids or my family. We were just waiting for my father to bring the lobster. But I remember eating lobsters, and everybody loved lobsters, and most of us at least, if we don't have an allergic to. And uh, I just, looking at lobster, and it says, wow, I am so envious of lobster. And I know our body is amazing. God gave us amazing body that can heal itself and things like that. But looking at the lobster, I mean, certain species that God created, God gave them some amazing gift that we are not fortunate of having it. God gave a lobster the ability to regenerate and transform. Did you know that lobster, when they lose the big claw, it regenerates? Can you imagine if we lose our arm, if it regenerates? That would be a wonderful thing, wouldn't it? But that God didn't give us that gift. Instead, gave it this amazing miracle gift the lobster. And I'm kind of envious of the lobster because it can regenerate. Not to mention caterpillars. They're even more amazing. They go through major process of transformation. And they go through this pain of metamorphosis. They go from crawling to what? Flying. From ugly to beauty. Don't you wish that our bodies can do the same? Like when you reach 60, I just reached 60. You know, you get a new skin or something like that. You know, snakes do it. They get new skin every so often. And how come we don't get a new skin? And as someone who had a heart transplant, do you know how often when I was in the hospital... Asking God, why didn't you give us this kind of gift, ability to regenerate and to transform, change instantly? Sometimes during that period of time, I felt that God was not fair compared to other species. But then I was soon reminded that God gave us something that no creature has it. And that's called spirituality. And that is the greatest gift. And because of this gift, we can be new again. We can be a new creation again. We could be whole again. And no matter how much you think you're broken, you can recover and be new again. And we need to know how to utilize Fully, fully, fully the gift that God has given us to be whole again, to renew our lives, and to transform, and yes, to breathe again, and to make ourselves beautiful, beautiful once again. To the point where 
Even lobsters and, and caterpillars will, will be envious of us. And, and the connection to that spirituality is the Holy Spirit. And today's theme of 10 Virgin is about the Holy Spirit. And how we engage in the Holy Spirit is through prayers and preparedness. Yes, we need to be able to prepare to receive the Holy Spirit, to be able to transform, to be able to be new again. We can't just sit around expect things to happen. That's already been done through grace. Back in the hospital again, I experienced, as much as I was envious about this, the other species that I just talked about, I was glad that I was also able to be new again and transform again. I often talk about how my prayers went from heal my heart, which is a physical uh, transformation that I was expecting for God to do, went from feel, heal my heart, heal my ailing heart so that I don't have to go through heart transplant surgery to simply heal me. And later, as you know, I found out that the latter one required a spirituality and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when I did receive the power, when God did heal me as a new person again, that was a far better than physical healing of just my heart. And from that point on, I learned to live a prepared life. So nothing bothers me. And I want to encourage you today. If something happens to your life, I know it takes a day, maybe two days, of a struggle and the pain. But believe in faith through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can become new again. You can rise above from the ashes. So what do lobsters and caterpillars have in common with the parable of Ten Commandments? Nothing. You're supposed to laugh. (laughs) But those creatures have the gift from God to be able to transform physically. And we were given the gift of spirituality that can also be used to transform. In that sense, We have something in common with them. They know how to exercise. We need to know how to exercise our gift of spirituality. And for us to transform, we got to engage the spirituality and to activate the spirituality is to receive the Holy Spirit. And the actions needed to receive the power, the presence, and, and, and the work of the Holy Spirit is preparedness. We need to live a life that we are on alert, prepared. And that's what the parable of the tenth virgin is all about, being prepared in Holy Spirit. Now, before we continue, just... I'm going to talk about a little bit more, but just bear one thing in mind. 
the 10 virgin talks about oil. Oil is not simply oil, the greasy oil. Oil represents Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand that before we can go deeper with the Bible verse. Now, here's a story for those of you who may not know about the Ten Commandments. Simply put, there was a wedding. Ten young girls were invited. Bible says five were wise and the other five were foolish. The wise one came with the lamp with oil. What was the oil again? Holy Spirit. The foolish one came with the lamp only. And I suppose when you go to a, a world, like when you go, going there to uh, the wedding with the lamp only, it's like going to a battle with a machine gun or rifle gun without bullet. That's what it means. And in order for the bridegroom to arrive, I guess it takes some time, which I'll get into a little later. They were waiting and waiting and waiting, and they fell asleep. And then there was an announcement, a news saying, bridegrooms are coming, bridegrooms coming, get online, get on the procession. And by the time they woke up, the wise ones were able to go right in with the procession. But the other were not able to get into the banquet. And when they bang on the door, because the door was closed, the shot already, they bang on the door. The gatekeeper said, sorry, we don't know you. Now that's the story. That's really easy story. Now the latter part, when he says, sorry, you don't know you, it sounds like really cold. It was kind of an open wedding invitation with a time limit. It's like the other day I was cleaning up my drawer. Sometimes I do that once in a blue moon. And I found this gift card. I think it was movie card. And looked it up. I remember receiving it like three, four years ago. So I look in the back. It's got expiration date. It was a long expired so I had to throw this gift card away. It's no use. It's been expired. The overarching teaching, the theme of the Ten Commandments, is that we as Christians must have constant contact with God to deepen our relationship with Him. We need to live a prepared life. Now, there's a little bit of hint in the Proverbs. 31. Proverbs 31, verse 17 through 18 says, She she sets her work vigorously, meaning that she works hard. She's diligent. She's inert. And her arms are strong for her task. She can do any task, anytime, because she is prepared. She's got the muscles to do it. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. She's got plenty, plenty of oil. She's prepared. 
Now, what good is a lamp without oil? What good is your automobile without fuel? What good is the Word of God without the Holy Spirit? That's the core of this message in this parable. And as you read this, oil is the Holy Spirit. Bridegroom is Christ himself. And we think of lamp as, as just simply lamp, but it is a, it is a profession, uh, something that you belong to. Say, lamp is like our Christianity. It's uh, maybe just a church. It's, uh, it's a just, knowing, just knowing the word of God. It's a lamp. It's the vessel. It's the institution. But it must have oil to be able to do its function. For us to know the word of God truly, to be able to go through the, the life that changes and transforms, we need the fuel, we need the oil, we need the Holy Spirit. So let's read on so, so we can fully understand about all this. Matthew 25, verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. At that time. What time is that? You have to read a chapter just before that to understand what that time is. That time is a time that God is describing the time of tribulation and the judgment day. A time when we are able to enter the kingdom of heaven. So before chapter 25 to 24 reads, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in the heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up to that day, Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. In other words, they weren't prepared. They're having great time. They thought they're having great life, but they weren't prepared. That doesn't mean you can't have great life. Have a great life, but constantly be aware, be prepared. Be inert. That's the message in chapter 24. So at that time, the heaven, how we get into the kingdom of God, how to really, really receive the grace, it's like these ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegrooms, and five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish one took the lambs and did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with the lambs. The bridegroom was long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So let me talk about that a little bit more. If you look at the next slide, I kind of talk about it. Bridegroom is Christ himself. And the virgins, as described in the Bible, is really talking about the virgins are us. The point is, are you 
one of the foolish ones? Are we one of those wise ones? The lamp is simply lamp, but really it's the word of God. The point here is that oil is needed for us to really activate the word of God. Without oil, without Holy Spirit, word of God cannot be alive again. You need the Holy Spirit for that vessel of the word of God to regenerate, to, lie, to, to, to change us, to lift us up. So they uh, fell asleep while waiting for bridegroom's man to come. So verse 6. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Now, one thing you need to understand about the uh, marriage uh, during that time, the custom of those days, were as follows. The groom would prepare a place for his bride, for wedding, the banquet. And most likely, it's his own house. When we do wedding today, how do we do it? We say the wedding is going to be such place, everybody comes, so we all go there. In those days, it wasn't like that. You do the wedding in your own home. So in order for groom to receive a bride, he doesn't sit at his home, wait for bride to show up. He has to go to bride's home. And basically get a, another blessing and a permission from Bryce's parents. So that's why they go. And then when they go there, obviously they will know it's a wedding. So, you know, he goes there to pick up and bring the bride. And uh, the parents of the bride say, well, sit down, son. Well, I want to give you a little lesson. I don't know. They're doing something. A little small a pre-party. Or a little a pre-reception. That's what they did. It could take one hour. It could be three hours. It could be, I don't know. But it's, that's the process. So when they're all dancing goodbye to the parents of the bride, then he will take along the bride in procession, walks towards the banquet hall where his parents are waiting. Along the procession, other friends are to join and go into the banquet. That's the way the custom of marriage at that time was. We kind of lost it, but uh, some of these older people here, I know how you had to go through the dating, dating process. You know, uh, if you watch uh, uh, the old uh, TV episodes like uh, uh, Walton Family or Partridge Family or Brady Bunch, you know, you know when, when, when they're going for a first date with a girl, you know what the, 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 the boy has to do? They can't ask her, why don't you come to my house? Can we meet at the, in front of the movie theater? No, you can't do that. A boy has to, all dressed up, I suppose, the first date. He has to go to who? Where? Girlfriend's house. And ask what? The permission from the girlfriend's father, usually. And you sit there for about a minute, five minutes, 
10 minutes and the father is just staring at you and you go like this, I don't know what to do. You know, and we are just waiting for him to say, have a good time. But they usually say, better be back by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. That's our usual thing. You know, that's the way it was. I had to do that. That's what I did to Janice. I went to her house. I met their parents. And I think uh, I was kept there for two hours. Later on, she told me, like, get out of here, get out of here. But they kept me there for two hours before we can go out on our first date. But that's the way it used to be, and only like 20, 30 years ago. I know today's a little bit different. So likewise, that night, there was a small party at her house, and she, they walked together, and that's why there was a delay. That's why the people, her friends, the ten virgins waiting, had to wait until they're going through the pathway to the groom's house. And that's when they fell asleep. They were tired. And I was also told those banquets, when you enter into the banquet hall, the, 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 uh, the, the father's house or his house, the wedding usually lasts for seven days. So therefore, it's kind of thing that you really want to go to enjoy and have fun for seven days. You know, in those days, they didn't have, like, internet, movie theater, nothing. I mean, you know, go to the wedding and have fun for seven days is a big thing. That's what everybody wanted to go. When they got there, what happened? The doors were already shut. Why was it shut? Because as they were preparing to join the procession, the lamp was not functioning. They didn't have enough oil. The other wise one had enough oil. So they moved on. The other one, they didn't. So they went, what? They went to the village to buy more, to buy, B-U-I, buy more oil. And when they came back, the door was already shut. And saying, the gatekeeper saying, we don't know you. You cannot come in. So let me continue. Verse 7, then all the virgins woke up and trimmed the lamp. The foolish one said to wise, give us some of your oil. Our lambs are going out. Verse 9, no, they replied, they, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, why don't you go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself? You can say that the other five wise were a little cold and not compassionate. The point the Bible is making is that you cannot have someone else prepare your ways for you. Faith is something that only you can have. You cannot depend on somebody else's faith. Verse 10, but while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived, the virgin who were ready went in with him to be wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know you. About three weeks ago, in our, uh, my business, there was a uh, required pre-bid meeting at Temple University. 
Now, Temple University is our long-time client, almost like 20-some years. We did a lot of work. But each time they have a project, you have to go to a required pre-bid meeting. That's where people, they talk to you about what this project is all about before submitting your actual bid to work on the project. So we sent one of my, uh, our associates, and he got there basically on time. He actually got there on time to the building, to the building 10 or 15 minutes prior to the actual time. But he had a trouble finding the room. Well, you know, this big building, and he went this way and that way. He just got, got lost, and he walked around. And by the time he got to the actual room where the required pre-bid meeting is being held, he was two minutes late. The door was shut. Secretary was sitting there, and he wanted to open the door to go in. The secretary says, no, you are late. So we missed out on that opportunity to submit a proposal. Two minutes late. Verse 13, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. The lesson here that you just don't know when he will come again. And we need to keep watch meaning that the believers are to live as if the Lord might come any given moment. And the question that I have for you is, is your lamp filled with oil? Or is it empty? This parable just shows that those that are not prepared will be shut out. And what is meant by preparedness? It is faith, believing in the power of the Jesus Christ, that he is the son, not just acknowledging him as some great leader, but believing in his power, the Holy Spirit. So what does this parable mean to us? The lamp with oil means it can transform us, change us, lift us up from the challenges and pains that you're going through. And God will be most pleased if we can change in the area that he would like us to improve and change. And when he is pleased, he can say to us and say, I have found favor in you. And therefore, I will show you the way. I will continue to be a blessing to you. That's God's promise. And that God will go the extra mile for us in giving us the direction and continuing us to pull the blessing. And when you do change, when you go through the transformation stage, do you know who are also pleased? So your spouse your children, your parents, your church, your community, your workplace. And second thing is the Holy Spirit will help us to be alert and to be prepared constantly. When you are alert, things will go well for you. 
There are two types of people in a typical common places. Let's say in business. Let's say in your workplace. The one who keeps saying in the office, the foolish ones are like criticizing others, saying, why are you, that guy is always late. I got to always make up the stuff that, that the other guy is late for. Or something like, I can't believe the company let this happen. Or, I just work here because I have to. You repeat this sentence. You repeat this kind of things to your company. You'll be unconsciously known as foolish ones. Yet there are other people in the company who constantly say these kind of words. Like, good morning. I heard that it's going to be raining today. Make sure to take an umbrella with you for the meeting that you're going this afternoon. Oh, the company card is low in gas. Let me fill it up before we return it. Hey, sir, I have a feeling that this client is a little bit upset with us. Why don't I go and set up a lunch appointment for you and I to see him before he calls? If you do this again and again and again in your workplace, at your home, I don't really have to say it. If you are the boss, who are you going to promote? The foolish one or the wise one? But I would say, according to the 80-20 rule, that most of the people rather react and say in the workplace, I need some oil. Only 20% of the people are inert and ready. Which one are you? Which one are you in your workplace? Which one are you at your home? Which one are you at your church? Will make huge difference in your life. If you want your life to go well for you, if you want to really experience God in your everyday life, stay alert and seek God's favor. And I want all our church members to grow, to experience, and to be blessed. I would like to see the 80-20% rule that may apply in the typical society in our church, I'd like to see the reversed. 80% will be the wise ones to help the 20%, the foolish ones, to help to transform and to change. Lately, I spent, as you know, much of my time outside of the church working on and teaching Marketplace Missionary Certificate Program, and that's really, really, really taking off. I watch those people, 1,028 of them. In fact, that's, that counts for 1, over 1,100. I ask them, there's the registered students are 1,028. How come there's more than 1,028? Because out of curiosity, other people are stopping in, just watching to hear what's going on. These people from 20s to 60s and 70s attending that session, that class. Some of them are elders. Some of them are deacons. Some are very successful business people. 
CEOs. There are some of them are simply students, homemakers. They want to make sure that they have enough oil to keep their lamps burning. They want to make sure that they carry their lamp with oil, not only in the church, but in marketplaces. It's a time for us to, to be awake, to supply ourselves with enough oil to change and to transform. And going back to the story of lobsters and caterpillar, you know what? Lobsters are not worried about losing their claws. They know how to endure the discomfort and inconvenience without any worries because they know their claws will grow back. Caterpillars don't get upset or even depressed when they're mocked for being ugly and when people step on them because they know one day they'll become a butterfly. How is it we when we lose things in our life, whether it's health, whether it's finance, whether it's relationship, whether it's something that you don't like about something, and when you get stepped on by aggressors and that we just simply become depressed and directionless and become so worried about the future. We have a gift from God. It's called spirituality. That spirituality has a power and ability to be able to transform just like those other species. God gave us the greatest gift, and that's the spirituality. And with the grace, God gave us that which is greater than that greatest gift. I don't know how to say something that's greater than greatest. It's like amazing. He gave us something that which is greater than greatest gift is the Holy Spirit to accompany the spirituality, the lamp. So you can think of it as lamp is simply spirituality. Simply as word of God doesn't really engage in you. But once you have a Holy Spirit in it, all of a sudden it burns. It lasts. You can see the path. You can see the direction. In closing, as I mentioned earlier, to understand all the parables, we need to look at them in the light of grace. This parable, too, is about grace. Bridegroom is Christ. Virgins are us. Oil is the Holy Spirit. And here's the point. Five foolish girls try to what? Buy the oil. But the door was shut. Meaning you cannot buy the kingdom of God. You cannot buy the salvation. You cannot buy the grace. We must believe and stay prepared with the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will keep us alert and prepared 
to receive. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much.